The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Up Close with Chris Tinney. Don't forget to visit ChrisTinney.com for more information about today's topics and download the new Spread Peace app that makes it easy to take action and advocate for the causes you care about. And now, here's your host, Chris Tinney. Well, welcome back to another episode of Up Close with Chris Tinney. And today we have some very special guests uh, for you to hear from. I can't wait. Real quick, let's take care of some housekeeping because you know this show isn't just about this one hour a week. I want to thank everybody who's been sharing the, the shows and the speakers and the authors we've had on here on Facebook, on your social media, leaving comments and showing your support because this is where we want to give you the boost to get through the week, to meet the thought leaders, the social activists, the people that are not only making a world better world today, but helping shape our future. So I really appreciate that. Don't forget, we have our Goodreads group. If you go to ChrisTinney.com, you can join us on our Goodreads group and recommend authors that you would like to see on the show. So with that, I'm going to dig right in because, you know, I, I love this show. I get to meet the most amazing people. And I started hearing from some people that these two had changed their life. And I was hearing this. One of them was actually a, a previous guest on the show, Scott Miller. He's the CEO of Circles USA. And I've been doing some work with him. And he said he's taking off for this uh, retreat that he does every year. And I start, I, he said, yeah, you, you should hear these ladies. They're, they're amazing. They teach these principles that have just changed my life. And he said, every year I go, I just have this amazing experience. Now, he's not a real you know, woo-woo kind of guy. I mean, he, he's working real hard, lifting people out of poverty, runs a, a, you know, a multi-million dollar nonprofit. It. And so I, I took his words to heart. And the more I learned about them, the more excited I got. I, I don't know how many times I have posted the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. I must, uh, it's got to be right up there with the top of all the quotes that I've, that I've ever, you know, promoted online because it so succinctly uh, sums up what, how we could wake up every day. And if we could just accomplish that goal, you know, if we could just accomplish that, we'd be doing so much in the world. You know, the Dalai Lama right. said, what's the number one thing you can do to, to help the world? And he said, be happy. And when you really realize how connected <laughs> we are, you realize how important that is. So I am going to introduce you to the original author, the true author of Be the Change You Want to See in the World. We're going to talk all about that. Uh, on the show page, I did put a link to where you could see where other people have researched it and gone back and, and found her as the original author of that. They founded the Telios Institute and, uh, in Arizona, and I am so excited to have Diane Pike on the phone with us. She's also known as Mary Omni. And we have Arlene Lawrence, also known as Oso. So Di Diane and Arlene, thank you so much for being on Up Close. You bet. 
Thank you for having us. I am so excited. I want to get to everything. I feel like this is a big, big dessert that's been put on my table. I don't know where to dig in. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a a banana split. I don't know which one to start at. So I'm just going to dig right in with what people have been saying has been changing their lives. I want to get into Be the Change, uh, you know, some of your books, how you guys, uh, you know, in this 40-year journey uh, have gotten to be where you're at. But maybe you could tell me about these love principles. I I hear this all over the place. What, What... are the love principles, and, and where did they come from? Well, the love pro- uh, project was a, a project at a high school in um, New York City in a ghetto neighborhood, uh, which was having a whole lot of trouble in 1970. And the love principles uh, were given. That's the only way I know how to talk about this. Um, what, what happened was uh, the school was in chaos, There was a fight in the auditorium. I was a teacher in the school at the time. This is Arlene Lawrence speaking. And I had received a whole lot of training in my sleep, not in dreams, but in going to classes in my sleep. Then I'd wake up in the morning and I couldn't remember anything that I had learned. But the one thing that I knew was... When I was ready to embody what I had learned, I would remember it. Well, on this particular day, when this fight occurred, these two boys wanted to kill each other, and everybody was standing around screaming for blood, and I was the only teacher who got up out of my seat and ran into the mix of these two boys, and I put my hands out. I didn't touch them, but I put my hands out toward their heart center, And they backed away. They moved into a quiet place, turned around, and left. And then I went back to my classroom with my class, and we all wept together over this crisis that was happening in our school. And we decided that we needed to do something about it together. So when the period ended, I went back into my office, I sat down, and Chris, there was a ray of light in my office. And on that ray of light came the six love principles, and I knew this is what I had studied in my sleep classes, and now it was time to bring those into being in the world, in the school in the school through the love project. And that's what I did. I called the principal and I said, we're going to have a love project and I want to talk to the faculty about it. Well, the principals absolutely changed the school over a seven-month period and one of them was, be the change you want to see happen. We shortened it to be the change, but the whole of it is be the change you want to see instead of trying to change anyone else. And it works because even if you just change your own self, everything that you see out there is different because you changed you. So this was in 1970, and Diane and I started disseminating the principles in 1972. There's five more of them, which we'll talk about uh, if you like. Um, But what, what happened was, by 1988, suddenly this phrase, be the change, was coming out of the mouths of politicians, 
leaders. Uh, it was all over the place. And I had not allowed, back in 1970, the love principles to be put on a T-shirt and advertised, you know, as, right. look at these catchy <laughs> phrases, because to me, they, they were spiritual principles that needed to be lived. So 1988 comes along, and suddenly they're attributed to Mahatma Gandhi, and appropriately in one way, because his whole life was about being the change that he wanted to see happen. But he was not the originator of the phrase. Wow. In fact, he never said it. No, he didn't. Yeah. Wow, that is interesting. Now, do you when you received the, the work... Was, would you call this uh, a channel delivery, or was it just something you awoke to that you already knew? Uh, do you feel like it was delivered to you, or just some, or, or something that you already knew? Well, you know, I have trouble with the word channeling, but I, that's why I use the word given, because mm-hmm. how I experience it, Chris, is that I was ready in my own being to meet what I knew inside myself and to make it manifest in the world and that's the best kind of meeting that there is so the principles came i heard them i embodied them and brought them forward so so now before we get to these next uh, five principles what kinds of change have you seen people be able to make that have begun to use this coursework how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I threw you there. I can tell you were thinking about that one, weren't you? <laughs> now, now, this is Diane speaking, and I think, Chris, to answer that question, you need to know uh, where people were living their lives, because this is the key to the principle, be the change. If you're a school teacher and you're going to be the change, you have to do it as a teacher where you are. And if you're a politician, you're going to do it there. If you're a social worker, you're going to do it in your social work. So we have worked with people from all walks of life over these 43 years. And um, when they have activated the principle, be the change you want to see happen, uh, in their lives, at home, where they live and where they work, they have brought about amazing changes. Then the second part of it is not only where you are, but what change you want to see. So one of the changes, one of the primary changes that the two of us have been focused on is learning how to love unconditionally because the the ability to open your heart center to anyone and everyone is so uh, key to the, the ability to be the change you want to see happen without trying to change somebody else. <laughs> right, unless, right. So, so the principle that goes with the heart center is receive all people as beautiful, exactly as they are. And this is a toughie because it means, and it's what we see lacking as we look around us in the world, it means that you have to honor and respect everyone who is being the change they want to see happen where they are even as you're activating the change you want to see and that you want to be. And so keeping the heart center open makes it possible to um, maintain your own integrity while also 
honoring and respecting other people for the choices they are making. And then, of course, there's a third principle, which is have no expectations, but rather abundant expectancy. And this is a trap that people can fall into very easily, and I can do it myself yesterday and tomorrow, and even today, if I'm (laughs) not functioning consciously. So I'm out there in the world, Chris, and I'm being this fully loving person because that's the change I want to see in others. And I come up upon somebody who's spouting negativity and who is grouchy. Well, if I don't receive that other as beautiful exactly where that person is, now I've got my heart center closed to that person and I entrapped myself because I had an expectation that because I'm being the change, that person is going to wake up and see how fabulous it is to be in the midst of love energy. Well, good luck. (laughs) Right, right. You know, not everybody wants to do that. So if I don't have any expectations, I can at least proceed with the reality I'm creating. That's another of the principles, to create my own reality consciously in the world. And nobody can stop me from doing that. That's mine. Now, that one sounds like it might be difficult for people. But, I mean, is, does that mean to d- deny things that are happen- happening to you that you might perceive as being negative? No, absolutely not. It means to open your own self wider to see, and here's another of the principles, what is the opportunity in this problem I'm experiencing right now? Uh, I see. That's, that's one of the things we work with a lot because when things don't go the way we would like them to go, um, we usually call it a problem. What we really mean by that is that we're saying, no, I don't like that, I don't want it, and therefore we put up an energetic block to it. But what we encourage is to see that in every problem there's an opportunity if we open the door to the opportunity, then we can see what the opportunity is for us and what it might be for the larger world in which we live and how to move forward then as we create a new reality and be the change we want to see happen. So you can begin to see how all of these principles work together because you can't really do one without doing all of them because life is... Uh, constantly in change, and so are each of us constantly in change. And therefore, we have to be um, alert to the changes and making choices about how we want to move forward in any given moment. So the, the last of the principles that we should put in here is provide others with opportunities to give. This is one of my favorite principles. Uh, because, for example, I happen to be a four foot eleven and three quarters in height, and when I go shopping, I can never reach the top shelf of anything. <laughs> and so there are all these people who are coming along, who I look at. You know, they don't seem to be too much taller than I am, but they seem to have longer arms. So I will stop them and say, may I ask you to please get that item for me up there? Well, 
You should see what happens to these people, especially people who are not much taller than I. I'm, one woman said to me last week, oh, no one ever asks me to get anything for them like this. <laughs> it's fabulous. And she got up on her toes, reached up to the top shelf, and with great triumph got this item for me. And I think it made her day. <laughs> you know, that that, that, that is really resonates with me. My wife and I spent several years on the road serving the, our homeless friends and sharing food with them. And every day we would just go out and look, you know, let the universe deliver somebody for us to help and, and make videos and post them. And I've tried to describe that experience to people a lot of different times. And the only way I can tell them is that I've never been closer to God than when I'm handing food to somebody who yeah. truly needs it and is so appreciative of it. That's and, Beautiful. And, 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 you know, there's an exchange going on there, and it's a two-way street, you know. when you, when Exactly. You, it, it really is. And I always tell people, you know, if you want to, I mean, we always say, oh, if you want to be, you know, be abundant, be generous. But, but re- in the reality, that, that, that such a powerful exchange. I mean, I've had grown men cry over a sandwich. I've lost a dozen friends that have died on the streets as well, homeless. But, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but, 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 you know which, which makes you cherish everything even more. But I can see how, especially people in this day and age that don't go out and volunteer, that don't get involved in, in organizations like the Telios Institute that you have. Am I saying that correctly, Telios? Yes, you are. Great. The Telios Institute. I can see where if they don't have that opportunity, you really are giving them a gift. You're giving them the opportunity to experience a little bit of abundance right there. Absolutely. Well, and the, and the other thing, Chris, as you were speaking about what you were doing, giving food to people who don't have any, what we've also discovered is that those people who are in severe need have a need to be able to give as well. So Correct. if we can find ways to provide them an opportunity to give from their abundance, whatever that might be, it gives them a sense of self-worth. It makes them know that they are needed in yes. the world. And it's, it's an incredibly, I mean, it's not just homeless people who need that. Everyone needs that. You know, that, so that's you, so true. Yeah. I, we would pull up in the van or the truck, whichever we happen to be in, and, and you know, people would rush over to help us, our homeless friends, set up and, and deliver, ask us if we needed anything. And, yes, you, you, you know, go. and I was down there with a reporter one day, and I left my wife because, are you concerned about leaving her over there? And I said, let me tell you something. This is the safest place on the entire planet for her and I Absolutely. with all these people yes, that right. loved us so yes. much, you know. And, and so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just, wow, it's just kind of fun listening to this. I hope everyone listening is feeling the energy that I'm feeling as you guys share these principles um we can, folks real quick we're going to take care of I, well first of all let me let you know if you want to call in and ask a question feel free to do so you can dial 866-472-5788 that's 866-472-5788 and if you want if you're listening online and you uh, want to be looking at their website as well you can take a look at consciousness net consciousnesswork.com so it's consciousnesswork.com i'll have a link to this on the website if you're listening to the recorded version which most people do uh, after it's over then you'll see all the links right Right below where you're listening to. And I have to tell you two ladies, it is a pleasure. I noticed, I read on your thing you'd had a radio show, but I just saw a wonderful exchange. And it's, it's great to work with uh, p- people that you know exactly how to deliver some great information to everybody. So we'll be right back after this break to continue talking with Diane and Arlene from the Telios Institute. Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything, packed your bags and left for a week? A month? A year? What if you left for two years? Would people think you'd lost your mind? 
What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself? Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial 1-866-472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. We're back. We're back on Up Close with Chris Tinney. We're talking to Darlene, excuse me, Arlene. And, and now, how do you say it? You're also known as Oso, correct? That's correct. And and then uh, Diane Pike, and you're known as Mary Omne, correct? That's right. Yep. Oh, beautiful beautiful names. These are spiritual names. What, what, Oso what's... stands for O Shining One. Oh, wow, beautiful. And what does That's Mary Omne nice. stand for? Yeah. And what does Mary yeah. Omne stand for? Mary Omne was, uh, I came to a place where I had done so much work with my given personality, Diane, changed it so much that the name didn't fit me anymore. People would call my name, and I didn't resonate to it. Uh-huh. And so uh, one morning I woke up. My inner voice said, take a new name. I said, no, thank you. My inner voice <laughs> said, take a new name. So I looked through every name I'd ever heard in English and Spanish. Then I got to Hebrew, and when I got to the name Mariamne, which I had heard, read and and heard when I was in Israel, uh, it completely resonated with my heart center. And so I chose the name Mariamne without realizing that no one would be able to spell it or pronounce it, because (laughs) it it was not about that. It was about the energy that it evoked in me when someone calls me Mari or Mariamne. So um, that's, that's how I got my spiritual name, and I sent out an announcement and told everybody I'd taken this new name, and people who'd known me a long time just said, ho-hum, you know? <laughs> right, right. So I used <laughs> that's both wonderful. names. That's wonderful. Yeah. Folks, we're listening to Diane Pike and Arlene Lawrence of the Telios Institute. That's consciousnesswork.com. On the phone, we have Scott Miller. He's the CEO of Circles USA and calling in as a caller today. We've actually had him on the show before. Scott, thank you for calling in. Yeah, thanks, Chris. 
Now, you, you, you're the one that first told me about uh, Diane and Arlene. And the more, boy, it's like a, the more, an onion. The more you peel away, the, the, the deeper you get enveloped in, into this wonderful energy. Maybe you can share your experience. Well, Marianosa, I'm so glad you skipped it over to Marianosa because calling them Diane and Arlene would be like calling my parents Mr. and Mrs. Miller. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even That's do good. it. So I, I, I met Marianosa uh, in April of 1979. I was, uh, you know, like eight minutes old. And I had, uh, <laughs> when, I, when I met them, I can't explain it to you other than uh, meeting uh, such a strong soul connection that I think we both, all three of us have sort of an acknowledgement that this was a big connection. And uh, they've been a constant source of uh, inspiration and, and coaching and support and love for all these years. Uh, and I could safely say that had I not met them, uh, it's unlikely that I would have been able to do the things that uh, you know we've been able to do with circles because I just immediately saw in what they were doing that it's possible to create your own reality consciously. It's possible to be... Um, out in the world and, and, and really uh, shaping it in a way that occurs to uh, one to do. And uh, there have been so many points in time where I've been on the firing line, if you will, of um, very intense negotiations or something that's a major shift about to happen, a lot of conflicts going down. And I have uh, reached out to Marinoso on countless occasions to just uh, be brought back to center. So I think that the two of them uh, are probably the, the biggest manifestation I've seen of people who have embodied love and, and being centered and connected. And I also uh, I think the principles are just so complete uh, that they are right there when you need them. You know, that's interesting because when I see how you have lifted so many families and children out of poverty with Circles USA and, and your work, uh, as I hear you speak about that, I realize how you, the reason you've been so successful is because you did take it from a different standpoint. You didn't just drop things off. You didn't just tell them what they're doing wrong. You actually helped those families by circling them, change their reality and, and, and change their own consciousness and, and about what's real. I mean, you're kind of instilling right, we, the same kind of principles. And we provide opportunities for others to give to people who are wanting to get out of poverty. So the you know, there's thousands and thousands of volunteers who are getting a very unique experience, and I, I view it that way because I know we're using that principle to provide us with the opportunity to give, and that it is a two-way gift for sure. Well, that is well, awesome. Well, Scott is one of our stellar uh, students, if you want to call him a student. He's, we think of him as our spiritual son, but, <laughs> but he is just an exemplary of uh, the principles, putting them into action and living them. And as you said, Chris, you can see the evidence in what he's brought forward in the Circles uh, program across the nation. It's just right. fabulous. You know, I, but I think it's also true that when you're able to make that kind of magnificent change in the world, it's because you have taken the time to make the changes within your own self. Right. And Scott mm -hmm. has done a lot of um, consciousness coaching with us. That's one of the things that we do in our work. Long before personal coaching became the rage, we were <laughs> on the cutting edge of that back in what we like to call mid-century. <laughs> <laughs> right. The other right. century. <laughs> and, and Scott reached out 
from a place in himself where he knew uh, he needed to move beyond where he was functioning, and he needed the tools to do that. And he received the tools and he put them into practice so that he was able to change those areas in his own life where he was living in a kind of poverty, mm-hmm. uh, a, a right. poverty that, that suppressed him and disenabled him from doing what he was capable of doing. And when he could shift that in his own life, mm-hmm. then he could go forth and be the change in relation to other people. Wow, that's exciting. Well, very, thank you. Very true. Well, yeah, thank, thank you, Scott. Thanks for calling in, Scott. I appreciate hearing from Scott. you, and hopefully, we yeah, can have you, have you on another show soon. That would be great. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Well, um, well, I guess I now after he said that, I have to go by your by your real names, Mari, Mary Omne and Oso. Can and they, people call you Mari for short? I take it. Is that correct? Yes, they do. Oh, that makes it so much easier. Okay. It does make it so much easier. I immediately discovered that when nobody could say Mari Omne. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, real quick, I we uh, that, what a wonderful little interlude that was. Can you run through real quick the five principles with us so that we can have those fresh in our mind? And then I want to get into. You guys have written how many books each? Thirteen books each. Actually, Actually fourteen. Fourteen. After we talked with you, we counted them up. <laughs> wow, fourteen. Fourteen. So, um, so because this is amazing to me. You know, I. How would you say? Well, before we get that, I mean, how would you say what you're teaching people relates to, like, a course in miracles or in? Um, I'm trying to think of other types. I mean, how, how would you feel like it's different from from other types of programs that are out there? Well, you know, that's very difficult to say. This is Diane speaking. Difficult to say how it's different. Um, we're not in any way um, associated with or uh, teaching religion right. or a religious approach. So people from any kind of religious background or none can come and work with us and feel perfectly comfortable and at ease. So I think that's one of the one of the big things. Which is not to say there's anything wrong with a religious approach, but it doesn't always appeal to everyone. And um, not my the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is that we we don't focus on a kind of magical transformation. You know, a lot of people uh, advertise me. Uh, advertising says, "Come to our workshop for a weekend and go away enlightened." And wonderful. Right. We we have never uh, focused on that. Our our focus is always on you. Start from where you are. You look to see what change do you want to make in your own life, and you move forward from there. And the changes occur incrementally, but they're very powerful, and they're sustainable. And also, uh, Chris, you know, we we don't have a set formula. Uh, We don't have uh, these words that you can go away and say, okay, now if I do this or do this meditation or or focus on this or whatever, we we don't do that. What we do in our work is we have practice sessions. We don't even call them workshops. And they're around a particular theme, and people get to experientially move energy in themselves so that the learning is tangible. It's not just mental input. 
for me, that's one of the keys to the success of our work over the last 43 years, during which we have never advertised. I think that's remarkable. <laughs> wow. Wow, and we're Scott. still here, folks. I mean, hello. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and, and you weren't selling Enlightenment half-off weekends. <laughs> uh, no, we weren't. No, we weren't. <laughs> okay, run through, run because what a wonderful website, consciousnesswork.com. I'm looking yeah, at all these books here, so run through the five principles real quick with me so those are fresh in our mind, and then tell me, okay. uh, you know, where would I start if I'm looking at these 28 different books? <laughs> okay, well, let me run the principles for you. There are six of them. Okay. Receive all people as beautiful exactly as they are. Be the change you want to see happen instead of trying to change anyone else. Create your own reality consciously. Provide others with opportunities to give. Have no expectations but rather abundant expectancy, and problems are opportunities. And these are all tied together with a little phrase that says, choice is the life process, because in every new moment of awareness, we are free to make a new choice. Wow. All right, I had to sit on that one for a minute there. Okay, so we are very powerful stuff. I, you know, you can almost see yourself walking through. I usually said the first principle. I could, hear, I could see somebody saying, "Yeah, but," and then here's the next principle that addresses that. <laughs> the next one that addresses that. It, it does flow incredibly well. Uh, so. Yeah. You have you you have been prolific writers, and uh, your books have come. You know, Scott was telling me you've got to get over there and see what they're doing as well as as others. Uh, where would some, tell tell me about some of your 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 work here, and and which book might somebody get first, uh, or in combination with others, and a little bit about how they uh, you know where they might start. Well, I think one of the books to start with would be Arlene's book, um, The Love Principles because it's a presentation of each of the six principles and how they have been applied through other people's lives, giving a lot of examples, and it's very powerful. You know, we've been doing, this is Diane speaking, but we've been doing our work for a long time, and uh, Scott invited us to go to Iowa. This is probably, I don't know, 20 years into our work, uh, to do some work with people he was working with there, and they said, well, we've never heard of these principles. How can we learn more about them? So Arlene wrote the book, The Love Principles, uh, to put the principles out in a new and fresh way. And I think it's a good book to start with. And by the way, all our books are available on Amazon and many of them on Kindle or eBooks. And you know what? I will put that up in our Kindle group. We have a, in Goodreads, the, the Kindle community that Amazon created or, or purchased, I should say. Uh, we have yeah. a group, so we'll, we'll put it up there. And if you're listening to the recorded version, you can uh, just click one of the links below. That'll take you right to their books as well. Wonderful. We have another caller from California, Max Forsetter. Uh, welcome to Up Close. Did you have a question or comment, Max? Yeah, I have a, a little bit of a story. Hi, Oso. Hi, Mari Amne. Hi, Hi, Max. Hi. Good to hear um, from you. I was wanting to see Oso, who I've known since I was 17, and they were both so busy with the Love Project that the only way to see them was to attend a workshop, which <laughs> I did on scholarship because I was broke. On the third day, we were working on the principles, and I said, as the noon hour was approaching, I'd like to provide somebody with the opportunity to buy me lunch. 
Oh. And there was a little bit of a gasp in the room, and three hands immediately shot up. And I oh. went to lunch with one of them. We came back, and Mariana said, uh, did anybody have a problem with Max asking that? And several hands crept slowly up into the air. <laughs> we spent the whole rest of the afternoon talking about that. Oh. It was a very valuable experience for all of us. Oh, wow. What a wonderful thing. Yes. I don't remember the event, of course, but I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Max, for, uh, Max for calling in. Yeah. What Thanks, a wonderful, Max. Thanks, Max. Bye. What a wonderful story. What a wonderful story. Uh, so we have the uh, Love Principles would be one of the great books to start with. And then, and then where might somebody, maybe, maybe just share with us a little bit about your path to where you've gotten at now. I know you you've, must have had an exciting 40 years from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, that's indeed. So I, I'd like to mention, this is Diane again, another book that uh-huh. uh, people might find useful and easy to work with themselves. And it's called Life as a Waking Dream. A great mm. book. Mm. Written by Diane Kennedy Pike. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is a method that I developed um, when I got stuck in uh, my own process and couldn't seem to make anything work. There was, it didn't seem this problem ha- had any opportunities connected with it. And I um, went through the crisis and came out on the other end with the insight that If I would learn to look at my life experiences, the ones in everyday life, as if they were dreams, then I could see what message life was giving me, or the Mm -hmm. great mother, however you want to talk about it. What what message was it trying to get? Was I to receive from this experience, whatever the experience was? And so I developed a method for doing that, and it's been so wonderful. We, we have had people tell us that they've worked with the Life as a Waking Dream approach and it took them to transformation faster than 10 years of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, we, it's just very powerful. And we just happen to have a class in Life as a Waking Dream coming up in February, which we conduct by telephone across the continent. So people can join us uh, wherever they are and uh, go through an exploration, and we work with their waking dreams with them. Oh, how fun. And that's on your website? Yes, it is. It's announced on the website as a class for uh, 2016. And oh, great. Um, what we do uh, is everybody, we have a conference call where the members of the group are all on the line at the same time, but we're working with individuals. And we digitally record, so afterwards we send the recording out by email so everybody can listen again. And it's a very powerful way of working. So maybe some of your listeners would like to join us in February. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. You know, something's been sticking with me here, so I'm just going to go back to it. I know it's not the best Please. flow in the world here, but that's that's what radio is about. He said that, and I know you said you didn't remember it, but he said you asked the class if if anybody had a problem with buying him lunch, and, and a few hands went up. So even without yeah. remembering the situation, I'm sure you could picture yourself. What what I wonder what kinds of things people would have a problem with him about buying the lunch that they thought he was taking, or because you know innately, I, you know, people might feel that way. So what 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 would you say to people that say they would be upset if somebody said, I'm going to provide the opportunity to take 
me to lunch today? Well, you know, I think that in our culture, uh, very few people are comfortable asking for something they really need. They don't mind asking for something if they don't need it. (laughs) If they they really need it, then they find it hard. So, for example, people are more likely to ask for help for someone they know, someone else they know that needs it, than they Uh are to say, as Max did that day, I don't have any money. Would anybody take me to lunch? So, you know, I don't remember what the exploration was, but I do know that what we do in all of our groups is to say we're here to grow in consciousness. So let's bring up to the surface what went on in us when Max reached out, what feelings came up, what thoughts did you have, what judgments were you making, and um, let's examine it. because and, Yeah, and then let's look at what are the opportunities here right. because so much feeling was awakened. Right. Wow. And it's not that anything is right or wrong. It's that in every moment of awareness, we can make new choices if we wish. Why do you think people are so more likely to ask for help for somebody else other than themselves? Is it is it low self-esteem or, or deservingness or... You know, I was raised in a tradition, I imagine this is true of a lot of people, I was raised uh, in, a, in a rather fundamentalist Methodist church, and um, we were taught it's much more blessed to give than to receive. Oh, yeah. And we were also taught you put everyone else before yourself. You never put yourself first. And I think <clears throat> that those messages feed into our psyche in a way that does result in people having lower self-esteem. I mean, for many years, oh, we were also taught we were born in sin. That doesn't help self-esteem either. <laughs> kind of ruins it right from the start. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> sort of out of the womb. <laughs> that's right. Can't win. <laughs> but, that's right. But, you know, I think that, that low self-esteem may be a part of it, and part of it is people just feeling that, um, well, I, I don't deserve, you know, to, to have somebody give to me um, when I already have, you know, whatever amount I have. Um, I don't know. Things work differently in different people's psyches. But right. I, think, I think it's difficult for people to provide others with the opportunity to give, as I say, especially if they really need it. And that, does that do you see that being the same kind of energy or a different kind of energy than the one that that I see sometimes with people that you know they they want to have all sorts of abundance financially but they but they you know they for some reason they just don't feel they deserve it because I don't see them doing the things that <laughs> that, yeah. that that they would need to do it's almost like they they just oh, it can't happen so I won't even try I mean is, is that the same kind of yeah. energy or a little bit different? It well it's probably all in the same neighborhood but. Right. Um, Gotcha. Uh, in a case like Max's, he, he wanted to come to the workshop and didn't have any money, which he told us, and we gave him a scholarship so he could come. And he was not um, hesitant to ask for the help that he needed for having lunch and so forth. I, I don't know. I think that um, sometimes people who don't uh, do well financial, financially or in other ways don't ask for the help they need 
to get from where they are to where they're going. I mean, Scott was just talking about how he would get in a tough place when he was developing the circles, and he would reach out to us and and ask for help. Well, it's very important to do that. Well, that's interesting because this whole circles program is about putting somebody who's in need that they call leader, and, and then they yeah. circle them with people there to help support them and give them what they exactly. need emotionally, not not financially. I think they're not even allowed to give them financially, but but to emotionally give them what they need. So it's very interesting how how, how he's um, you know tied that in with his work. Exactly. Yes. You know, there's the other end of the spectrum too. See, Diane Mari Mari described her whole upbringing, and I am grateful to say that I had none of it. <laughs> I grew up without any religion whatsoever, and uh, I certainly was never born in sin. That's ridiculous. And so, <laughs> so I, I consider myself a very... You waited until you got older to work that into your life. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 I did not, actually. No. <laughs> Good try, Chris. Good try. Funny line, but no. <laughs> but, you know, there's the other end of the spectrum of that, of people who uh, I experience being focused on magical thinking and they want to bring abundance into their lives, and they think that if that's all they focus on forever and ever, it's going to happen. And uh, for me, what I know is that anything we turn our attention to, again, I'm back to what do we meet it with. If I come to life with a purpose, a large purpose, for what I want to bring forth from my being... I will be met with whatever I need to make that happen. And if that's abundance, well, that's fine. And if it's something else, like a vehicle to make that happen, that's fine. But where, where am I in my own self? What, what is my purpose for being on this planet? Who am I? And when I bring that forth, now I can be met by what's ready to come to me. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, that's a a way of trusting the universe, you know, to be an equal partner. I uh, founded a website called PowerfulIntentions.com, and it became the official online community for a movie called The Secret, that I'm sure you guys probably know about. And I went around the country helping uh, raise money for the movie and and working with Rhonda, the director. But but one of the things I found after that movie came out, and I think I I tried to count once, I think it was over 500 times I've shown that to groups of people back in the day. And a lot of them would come back to me, and some people would, you know, fabulous things that happened, and other people would just say, you know, I've been focusing on this and focusing on this, and nothing's happening. And I'm like, well, did you do this? Did you do that? Well, no, yeah. I, I didn't. And they're, you know, they're, they're saying a mantra every day. I'm, I am rich. I am rich. I'm like, but you're not. You know, your, your consciousness <laughs> knows. You know, that ain't gonna work. You know, you know, we need to change that to like I'm in the process of becoming or something that's, that's true something to you. That's and, true. And, and what I always felt like was if you really believe, and I, you know, I had someone argue with me about that once. I said, well, if you really thought you're gonna win the lottery tomorrow, you wouldn't be going to work today, right? Would you? So yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you obviously. And I've always felt like action puts things into motion with the universe. That that's really, you know, almost like if you don't believe it, you, if you do it, it, it can just start happening. I mean, for me. Well, and the other thing is, if you if you put something into motion because you think that's how it is, or you believe it and it doesn't go well, then you have feedback. I mean, the universe also gives us feedback. This Correct. is why the principal problems are opportunities. is so important. You know, if a door closes in my face, 
what am I going to say? You shouldn't have closed the door? No, I'm just going to say, wait a minute, what is this telling me? And what is my opportunity now? What direction do I move in? But yes, we always need to be being the change, taking action, creating a reality, and then be staying open in abundant expectancy to see what feedback we get from the universe. You know, I, one of my books is Why Me? How to Heal What's Hurting You. And a lot of times people will focus on healing. I'm going to be better, I'm going to be well, and this is how it's going to happen. And then it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't happen that way. That's because we had a specific expectation of the form it was going to take. And the healing may have taken place already, but we missed it all together because we were looking for a particular way that it was supposed to manifest. Right. Yeah. We, we blind ourselves. Yeah, I think a lot of that I've seen from people, too, that you know, they have this perception of what good and bad, you know, and they're really, to me, you know, there is what, what is, but <laughs> it's not really exactly necessarily good right. or bad. And, and that's always fascinating. Now, uh, we're getting near the end of the show. I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing on consciousnesswork.com, your website, where all the books are listed, and I'm going to have the links on here, too. I won't call it personal life coaching, but you do give people an opportunity to practice with you on the phone one-on-one. Uh, that's it looks right. like that's right. your website, and they can inquire about that. Maybe What are all the different ways people can get involved with the Talios Institute? Well, we don't actually have the kind of institute that you... Um, that carries out activities out in the world that are organized activities. Instead, what we do is provide growth opportunities and then send you out individually to be the change you want to see happen. So we have, we offer classes, we offer workshops, as Arlene said, we call them practice sessions. Um, And there's one announced for uh, summer of 2016 called Kaleidoscope, that is listed on our website. Um, and, and, of course, we offer uh, personal coaching by telephone with one or both of us. Um, and those are the principal ways. Uh, and we, we publish a magazine twice a year called Emerging, and people can sign up to sponsor that, and we write lots of articles that are nourishing and inspiring in those uh, emerging magazines. Yeah, well, and, and, you, and you have a lot of those, and I see a lot of those articles are up on your website too. That's 40 right. years of unconditional love from doing to being, reviewing yeah. my spiritual life. These look wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank yeah, you so, so much. Any, anything, else before, anything else before we, uh, before we wrap up the show that you want to share with our folks? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how much time we have here, but I, I think that uh, evidence of what we are doing together began with how we came together. And you talked about action. So I was back in New York. Diane, who I never met, was in California. And I was doing a series of spiritual paintings, by which I mean they painted themselves. And I was holding the brush and letting it move. And in these paintings, Chris a skeletal face started to form. And by the time I got to painting number five, the face was fully fleshed out. I had no idea who it was. 
And I asked a psychic friend of mine, and she said, oh, yeah, that's, that's somebody that you're going to work with. I said, oh, great, thanks, okay. <laughs> and so I just opened myself to see how that would come to be. And way led to way led to way, and a friend of Diane said, you have to go and see Arlene Lawrence's spiritual paintings. Well, that's about the last thing in the world she wanted to do. And she came to see them in San Diego, and when she did, she saw her face in my paintings, and I saw her face in my paintings, but neither one of us would say that to each other because it (laughs) sounded presumptuous. But in fact, this was a larger than the two of us bringing together of energy to let something come forward. That's the kind of thing I stay open to for my entire life because every day I don't know what's coming and what's the more that's being asked of me. Wow. That is very and, powerful. And the action that it took in our lives uh, was to really let go of everything in order to let the new come into being. And sometimes that happens. You have to sort of clear the way for the new to make itself known to you. You know, Scott and I were just talking about that the other day. We're going to have to have you back on again because that could be a whole nother hour right there letting go so you can let more in. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Mari and Oso, for for being on the show today. I so appreciate it. And hopefully I can be back on again. I I would love that. We would would be delighted. We would love that. And Thank you, Chris, and thanks for what you're doing with your program. Oh, well, thank you so much. stuff out there. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, folks, uh, another hour of Up Close, and what a powerful hour this has been. Um, I tell you, this show, when we started it, and it was just a couple months ago, if you remember, I I, I got off of the Tan Talk Network. We were on a dozen stations out on the East Coast, and I was on uh, KDWN here in Las Vegas, Nevada. The reason I went online with Voice America is they are the number one rated internet-based radio platform with more than 3 million listeners a month, and it it opens us up to a whole lot of people. But it was also so I'd have the flexibility to have on the show the people I wanted to have on the show. And I think nothing really... uh, exemplifies that more than this last hour you've had. So I, again, I hope you don't let this just be about this one hour and maybe you feel good and take off. We talked about action. Take some action. Take something you either take something you learned here today and put it into action in your life and see what happens when you be the change. Take some action. Go to consciousnesswork.com and, and get the love principles, the book. I'm going to be ordering it as soon as this show is over. Uh, what an amazing, what an amazing hour and what an amazing woman, women in the world they are. So I really appreciate you for listening. And if you're listening to the recorded version, you'll see all the links down below. And of course, I always appreciate you all the sharing that's going on on Facebook. I feel so loved. I love my listeners. I love you guys. Uh, thank you so much. They said we were one of the most listened to new shows ever on Voice. America, and it's because of people like you. So I'll see you next week with another great thought leader, people that are helping shape tomorrow and make a better world today on Up Close with Chris Tinney. Namaste. This is the end of the show. 
You don't have to let the conversation end now. Visit ChrisTinney.com to learn more about today's topic. Listen to past shows and connect with like-minded people. Up Close with Chris Tinney is broadcast live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel and rebroadcast online and throughout North America in select markets. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And we'll see you next week on Up Close with Chris Tinney.